Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. The following is a KMOX Sports Special. Welcome to the St. Louis City Soccer Report. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. You heard it. Welcome to the St. Louis City Soccer Report. I'm Jennifer Cease, alongside currently George Gansner. George, we're waiting on Nate Gatter, who is hopefully making his way safely. And quickly. And quickly, but safely, back to St. Louis after having Mizzou mercy rule in softball. So that helps us out and gets him back in the studio quicker so he can come in and talk some soccer with us. So let's go ahead and get to it. If we've got the highlights... And we will not just yet. We're going to get the 90 and 60 in a little bit. But let's go ahead and have a quick reaction. So not 6-0. and oh. No, you know, 5-1, and one, but that's not bad. Let's celebrate the fact that they, they won five and, and now they've lost the one. And um, for me, honestly, there were some conversations last night after, uh, after the game that this, is, this could be some challenging times for them because they have two tough games. But I think this puts them in a better position to go to Seattle uh, I've been there. I know what it's like up there, uh, but we'll we'll talk about that later. Yeah, for sure. If you've listened to Tom Akron this morning with who is with Lutz or you've been online like I have, you've probably seen the highlights, but let's go ahead and get the uh, recap real quick from Joey. Now, Y98 presents 90 and 60, a look back at St. Louis City's match against Minnesota United. Finder wins, he crosses in the air, Lugan, shot from Little High. Oh, it hit the top of the bar. Through to Ostrak, oh, oh, Nothing-nothing game, 78th minute, facing a penalty shot by Amaria. He fires, and he buried it. Final score of 1-0, Minnesota hands St. Louis City. His first loss in regular season franchise history. This has been 90 and 60. St. Louis City heads to Seattle this coming Saturday to take on the Sounders. Pre-game at 9, kick at 9.30 on Y98 St. Louis. Well, Joey and Dale did not have a lot of breathing room. They were kept busy as we got, especially into the second half. Yeah, they were. You know, Minnesota came in here with a job to do, and they did it. Uh, they were tactically extremely good. Um, they were well-disciplined. They they annoyed us, uh, did the job that they needed to do to get what ended up to be three points. And I, I honestly think they were playing for one point and take the chance when they get the opportunity for the third, and, and it came from a penalty. So you kind of got a clean sheet for Berkey without uh, without the penalty, and um, that's not a bad thing for us. No, not at all. And I did notice, just like you did, it seemed to me in just watching the team, they had a great week of warm-up. They had a great, intense week. They seemed like the normal team we're kind of used to seeing when it comes to practice. 
we got to game time, and as you saw everybody get wound up, I feel like it was tense. I feel like it was wound up tight as a drum. And to be expected, given the pressure, we haven't had that release necessarily of a tie or a loss. We have that now. And we had been approached by Minnesota in an extremely smart way. We were, they were patient. They invited us to come in. They did not pressure in our defensive third. When we got to their half line, they made themselves known. And I also noticed a lot, George, that they were always either numbers even or numbers up when they were coming at us. They were. That also created some chances for us to get forward, though, in the transition. And we transitioned quickly. We did the thing we normally do once we did win the ball. Um, they didn't give us a big chance to win the ball in the front third or the middle third like we usually like to do. Um, but when we did transition, we created some really good chances, in particular in the first half. Uh, there were a few chances in the second, and I think Minnesota also did a really good job of standing us up at the top of their penalty area. And that's an important thing. It keeps our guys from getting into the penalty area and getting a reasonable chance on goal. Yeah, and the times that we did connect passes, which were frustrating, we didn't connect passes, especially in the front third, as easily as we normally have been able to. But when we did, there were some important moments that should have been finished that didn't get finished. That's true. Um, The header from... um, uh, who was it, uh, Leuven, I think, yes. in the first half yep. that, that hit the top of the crossbar. Um, brilliant opportunity. He did well to get that well, even on frame. He was off balance. It's like a, uh, you know, a, a, a step-away jumper. You know, yeah, going backwards. Uh, he did well with that. The second half, uh, there was a sequence, and I don't remember the time of it, but we I had several one-and-two-touch passes in, in the top of the penalty area. We do what we have done really well. And the ball got served across to Klaus, and he missed, and it is what it is. That was but, about 52, yeah. Battling to connect those passes. We connect those passes, and he wasn't able to finish with his left. Yeah, and it, it happens, right? It just wasn't meant to be last night, and, and but I, I don't think we did anything different. I don't. Th- I, I think, it, honestly, we should win that game 3-1. to one. Um Uh, And we didn't. And it is what it is. It is. And, uh, you know, if you've been online or if you've been, I was on Twitter a little bit this morning to kind of see. And I thought there were some clever things. You know, when you when you take a loss, you got to sit in it. You got to eat it. Right. And we're having to eat that a little bit on all the sides. And Minnesota did have a pretty clever tweet that I want to call out. Uh, He said heartbreak said heartbreaking. We might have to be the oons now because St. Louis took the L. Well, you know, um, <laughs> fair play, right? Fair play. It's, it's, fair play. Uh, they, they came in. They did a great job. Um, you have to give them a lot of credit. I know Lutz gave them a lot of credit on, on the uh, discussion this morning with Tom Ackerman. He and, did. Um, and he it, took very few excuses. He did. It, it, it's, there's nothing to take excuses on here. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, we, we did the job that we think based on their plan. We're not in the locker room, so we don't know what the tactics actually were. But we think that they did what we expected them to do. Minnesota shut it down, and they did it skillfully. And taking a quick look, and Dale Shilley will be joining us, and I'll just go ahead and give a rundown real quick of Dale Shilley will join us as soon as Nate will also be here at the same time. We'll talk some stats. We'll talk about some of the things that it was great to hear Dale doing the analysis because along the way in the analysis is exactly what we ended up hearing from Bradley Carnell in the, in the postgame presser. So Dale will be joining us alongside of Jake Nerwinski. We'll hear from Jake. He knew he did some great efforts. Um, kind of got taken out twice by her own players uh, in his efforts. Uh, I thought he had made a great effort trying to hold the back line, and he can give us his perspective on that. And we'll go over some definitely, I think we're going to have to either 
Um, any fill time, we're going to do laws of the game probably the entire two hours because there are definite things to talk about, and we don't agree on all of them, do we? <laughs> Sounds good. We can do that. <laughs> so in the meantime, um, St. Louis City as a headline, beaten no more, unbeaten no more. We're not superhuman after all. And so we've been delivered our fir- first loss, yet we're still at top of the table. We, we are. We're, we're two points clear at the top of the table. Um, we go to Seattle next week. It, it, Seattle's number two, and they're on 13 points. We're on 15 points. Um, it's a big game. It's a big game and a big week of training for that. It is. So we're going to go ahead and take our first break. When we come back, we're going to get to Dale Shilley, who went to bed early, I hope, because he had an early morning and has had a few games today. And you're listening to the St. Louis Soccer Report on KMOX. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Now, back to the St. Louis City Soccer Report on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Welcome back to the St. Louis City Soccer Report. I'm Jennifer Cease. George Ganser is going to take a step back real quick because we got Nate Gatter in studio. How did softball go? It was great. It was a good time. And uh, I wasn't, wasn't late at all in the end. Not late at all. Yeah, you basically made it on time. We're in, currently in process of trying to get a hold of Dale Shilley. Dale is in... Um, Traveling, he went to Bradenton. <laughs> he had a late night, and then he also got up really early to travel. I hope he got that nap in like he talked about, because he definitely probably needs it in the middle of youth academy games and then going to be talking with us. Yeah, I can't imagine how he's keeping it up. And then what about, <laughs> you know, next week he's going to be switching a couple of time zones, time going zones? to Seattle. That's, That's right. the tough thing. I am kind of excited and, and, and happy that City are in the Western Conference because I think there are a lot of fun teams out there and a lot of fun matchups and places that they get to go play. At the same time, from just an objective standpoint in terms of how late people are having to stay up to watch games, in terms of, you know, the poor print media folks who are who are up against deadlines, in terms of also just how far it is to get to most of these places for fans traveling. Logistically, the Western Conference does pose some problems for City. Being, you never want to be the easternmost team oh, no. in any division or conference. No, it's always harder the one way over the other, right? Yeah, it's, it's much harder to go that direction. And, and I think a lot of people were excited about trips to... 
Chicago, trips to Cincinnati, trips to Columbus, to Nashville, all those cities that are are more realistic. Really, Kansas City is the only Western Conference team that is realistic driving distance on a regular basis. And and, and that'll be a fun one to talk about. Yes, so yeah, we're getting reasons. there. We're getting we're there. Getting there. But in the meantime, we did manage to make contact with Dale. Dale, welcome to the show. <laughs> How are you feeling? I really apologize. We had a we had a tough one down here, and I was meeting with the guys. So sorry about that. No problem. Bring us up to speed. So I know you you had to you know get out of town after the show, and then left this morning. And what have you done so far in Bradenton? Yeah. So this morning, well, we have two teams in Bradenton. So there's an event out here called the Generation Adidas Cup, and it's for all the MLS clubs, academy clubs, and uh, and foreign teams. And so. Yesterday, our under-15s played um, – who did they play yesterday? Today, they played the Seattle Sounders. Oh, yesterday, they played Charlotte and won 2 to nothing. Today, we played the Seattle Sounders and beat them in PK. So, it was 0-0 and beat them in penalties. And then the 17s played a team from Nigeria, a very good team from Nigeria. Lost in PKs. We tied 1-1, and then they, they won the shootout. And then we just dropped the game to Portland Timbers 2-1 to in a, in a real, uh, real battle. So – uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been a busy, busy couple of days, and but glad to talk to you guys. I like that we beat the Sounders. Does that bode well then for our next trip? <laughs> I knew you were going there. <laughs> so, Dale, speaking of boating for the future, I mean, I so uh, I was listening to the first segment, and and Jen and George struck, I think, a very nice, positive, silver lining note about takeaways and maybe why things weren't as bad as as a first loss would seem at, at, at the first glance of last night's game. I'm tempted to take a more pessimistic route just because, you know, we had talked a couple of weeks ago about what would you do if you were trying to find a way to beat City, and I do wonder if Minnesota have provided a blueprint, especially for the mid-table to lower-table teams, for how you would want to approach City just to try to steal a point from them, if nothing else. Does that concern you at all? Yeah, you know, I think for sure. I think uh, I think teams that uh, that can adapt – and and put out a, a product like Minnesota put out last night, um, they can make it very difficult for us. But every team has its own DNA. Every team has its own way of playing. Uh, and it's something that coaches work on religiously to try to, you know, we talk about identity, we talk about game model, we talk about way, way of playing. Every team has that, and it's really hard to adjust. Now, you can you can make tweaks, and you can, you can try to do different things, but the – you know what the players have in their core and what they have uh, in in their innate abilities to contribute to the game. That's the uh, that's the that's what they that's what they offer the the game. And so to just if it's an attacking team that wants to play through you, and all of a sudden you're going to tell that team to drop in and uh, sit on park the bus in front of the 18 and, and play in the counterattack. It just doesn't happen that easily. Well, and we talked a little bit I, before we played, we talked a little bit about how it might be a little bit like playing ourselves. I think Bradley even said that, but then we saw that maybe it was actually a mirror image. Maybe it was a little bit of through the looking glass. And I know that, um, Coach Adrian was talking about after his game with Vancouver, and they had a disappointing thing right at the very end, lost that game. But he said, you know, if we can have a good unit behind the ball and break when we can, we can prove to be a problem for the opponent. And they were. Yeah, they were. And, and you know, I, I think the the similarities between the two is that uh, Coach Adrian Heath and Coach Bradley were both building a team of players that – uh, would buy into a system and buy into the identity of the program. 
players that would, uh, you know, that could play within a system would be selfless in the way that they played. And I would say, we're speaking about Minnesota last night. Uh, I thought that they were completely bought into how they wanted to play. Uh, I thought the two center forwards they had, um, Amarillo and and uh, and Garcia, were really dangerous together. And only because they played simple and they played, you know, as a unit, as a pair, really well. Um, I thought their two center backs were outstanding. They really bottled up Gialchini and uh, and Klaus. They didn't play outside of themselves. They just defended centrally really, really well. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's uh, – I think that's the similarity. I mean, I think Bradley tries to find players like Parker and Hebert that do the same sort of thing, that play within themselves, and that's the similarity. Now, where they set up, where they defend, how they transition, that's where the uniqueness comes from. We only have about a minute left with you, Dale, so this might be a tough question to, to, for you to squeeze an answer into a short period of time. But if you were Bradley Carnell – and you're playing, let's say we were playing Minnesota again tomorrow night. What kind of adjustments would you want to see made, if any, to have a better outcome? Yeah, I, I think I think we couldn't find uh, Klaus on the move, running in behind. Uh, you know, we've had this really good connection of Jalkini as a target and Klaus in behind. And it's not that it's not that Klaus wasn't running in behind. It's not that his that the work wasn't there. I think the work was there. But but when he was running, we couldn't quite find those moments. So, you know, how can we get the ball freed up uh, so we could play in behind? And could we get the timing right when we were going to play in behind for Klaus to stretch him or play underneath for Jaltini to get it in turn? So we're going to be moving on, obviously, to Seattle Sounders, and training's going to maybe be somewhat similar, maybe a little different. What are we looking for? What do we got to do to be ready for the Sounders on their home turf, which I hear is a hard home turf to be on uh, next uh, next week? Yeah, literally a hard turf surface is going to be unique for us. And it'll be, you know, that part of it will be will be difficult. Seattle just poses other problems. Uh, you know, they have, I guess the biggest problem they pose is the fact that they're probably in midseason form. They played in the World Club Championships a few months ago, so they've been training and together and had competition for an extra six weeks. Um, so they're, they're in, they're in a different level than what we are right now. So you know, it's going to be a tough game. They can sit in and defend. They can step up and press. They can possess the ball. They can run in behind. Uh, they're going to show all facets of the game, and this will be a really good test to see if we can bounce back. Well, we're looking forward to it, Dale. Thanks for making some time for us. Yeah, no problem. Thank you, guys. Dale Shelley joining us, St. Louis City analyst on our sister station, Y98. You can hear him and Joey Zanaboni again next Saturday night in Seattle. Coming up next, you'll be able to hear City right back Jake Nerwinski when he joins us to discuss uh, some of how things went last night and the outcome of these next couple of tough games to come. You're listening to the St. Louis City Soccer Report on KMOX. Now, back to the St. Louis City Soccer Report on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. We return with the St. Louis City Soccer Report on KMOX. Nate Gatter with you, joined by Jennifer Cease and George Ganser, and now by the star of the show, St. Louis City right back, Jake Derwinski. Jake, thanks so much for making some time for us tonight. Um, how you guys doing, all right? We're doing great. We're happy to have you. Uh, let's start kind of big picture. We were asking guys a lot about this in the lead-up to the season and maybe the first game or two, but I think it's still interesting when we get to talk to somebody new. Uh, what's the transition been like for you after, what, five years in Vancouver, coming here to St. Louis and being part of an expansion team? Yeah, you know, um, after I kind of found out that it wasn't going to work out in Vancouver, um, I started looking at different teams at different clubs 
and uh, you know everything kind of came back to St. Louis and uh, just you know seeing the buzz around the city around the club um, you know I always wanted to be a part of an expansion team because I thought it was an exciting you know thing to be a part of and it's it's uh, surpassed my expectations so I'm, I'm really happy to be here. Well, Jake, in watching the game last night, if there was a hot play on your side, you were definitely there. I know that, you know, it's so great to see the team, you know, clapping to the fans after no matter what the result is. But I got to believe that it's probably uh, it, the mood's a bit different, obviously, in the locker room afterward. What was it like after last night's game? Yeah, we, we, we were frustrated. We were upset. Yeah. Um, you know, I think when we have a, a game at home, we always want to give our fans our best. And, you know, unfortunately, I don't think we did that last night. Uh, you know, we fought hard. We we just couldn't find that, um, you know, that end result to, you know, get a goal and to keep pushing. Um, so, it, you know, we have, I think we have the best fans in the league. Um, you know, the, the sound, the the, guy, the cheering uh, all game long, it's just incredible. So I think we were just, you know, disappointed that in a sense uh, we, we let down our fans that game. Well, um, you know, I don't, I don't know if they feel that way, Jake. And I, I will tell you that we're going to actually talk to somebody from Fleur de Noise who is really in charge of that sound um, in the next hour. And I'm pretty sure we're going to hear exactly what we want. And they didn't leave. It was they were there for a while with the post game, Jake, and they would not leave. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'll, I'll say when we were walking around, you know, you know, clapping to our fans, just showing our appreciation, that everyone was still there and they were cheering for us too. So that's, um, you know, that shows that we have some real fans here. You know, it, it's not just when we're winning they're they're for us so it it felt really good you know to still have their support um you know clapping back at us when we were walking around so that that was pretty special you know jake we were talking i don't remember if it was last week or the week before but jen and i were talking about how demanding this system is of the fullbacks and that's not unique in anywhere in the modern game you know the last what five or ten years the the role of the fullback has changed a lot and i made a joke to jen about it feels like fullbacks, it's like when you come into work and they, they gave you an extra 50% or 100% on your job responsibilities, but it's the same pay, <laughs> right? Like you, you're, you guys are expected to do so much more in the attack now than you were 10 years ago, uh, but all the defensive responsibilities are still the same. How do, you, how do you keep yourself mentally and physically in the kind of shape it takes to be up and down that touchline the entire game? Yeah, I, mean, I love that kind of challenge. And, and I think that, you know, St. Louis, this this was a place where I knew that I could, you know, potentially excel in. Um, I think that that's kind of been a part of my game throughout my whole career. Um, I had that athleticism. I might not necessarily have the fancy feet that some of our players have, but that's okay. I don't, I don't need to have that, but as long as I can run, you know, for 90 minutes, sprint as much as I can. um, I, I think that this system fits, you know, my playing style perfectly. So, Jake, this is George Gansner. I uh, I was a referee in the league for 19 years, and I, I got off the field in 2015, so before your time. But um, I want to take this to conversation, forget about last night, and let's talk about Seattle. So I, I was fortunate to do a number of games in that city and in that stadium, and it's an amazing stadium, and I know you've played there with Vancouver against Seattle. What are you going to tell the team about how to adjust and how to adapt to that environment? Yeah, I think it's probably one of the most, you know, the hostile environments that you can go and play, uh, especially with the form that Seattle's in this year. Um, it's, you know, it's a big stadium, big club, and, you know, it's on a different kind of playing surface. You know, that turf is, uh, it's a whole different beast when you're playing on, when you're going from grass, nice grass pitch to a kind of a beat up, you know, turf that you kind of slide on. Um, so it is something to, to have to adjust to, um, you know, I, I've been playing against Seattle in Seattle for the last six years. 
um, it, it's always a tough place to play, but it's exciting because the fans are great and you know that the competition is good too. So, you know, I, I don't think it'll be hard for us to get up for that. Yeah, I still get goosebumps literally every time I think about their boom, boom, clap walking out at the beginning of the game. Yeah, I mean, I have one of my best memories is my, my rookie year. Uh, we played them in the playoffs and the second leg, they had 72,000 fans there. And, you know, I was 22 at the time. It was my first season. It was, uh, it was a pretty surreal moment. Um, and I'll always remember that. That sounds like an open challenge, I think, to Fleur de Noise and the Luligans to <laughs> step up. We, yeah. we have some kind of response to the boom, boom, clap. <laughs> well, look, I, I think know, we're, we're starting off pretty good, though. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. And I'm excited <laughs> to talk to them as well. Um, what does every week Bradley and, and all the players talk about the reset, right? Reset day, Tuesday. Yeah. Is that going to look any different this week? Uh, no, you know, uh, today we, we got back into the facility. We watched our film. We watched, you know, things that we could have done better, things that we did do well, um, and things that we need to, you know, keep working on. So, you know, it's, it's kind of a thing where after the game, you know, you take a little bit of a rest, you come back in, you do your film, and then once we come back in on Tuesday, then it's a new week. And that is, um, you know, that's kind of been our mentality the whole time, and that doesn't change with a loss. Um, you know, it, we, we've learned, we know what – we need to do better in the future. So now we get to go forward and try to try to make the most of that. So I guess it's not Tuesday yet. It's not reset day. So I can still ask you another question looking back at last night because it's not yeah, time to turn the page so. just yet. Yeah, one more. Um, <laughs> with that in mind, talking about what you guys can do better, we were just talking in the last segment with Dale Shilley, who does the radio analysis, and wondering about because Minnesota played this sort of unusual style you guys haven't seen yet maybe not unusual but they were the first team to really sit deep against you and and make you play on to them and try to play through them what challenges did that present that you didn't see in the first five games and how would you guys handle it if you saw that exact type of system again yeah I mean this was the first game where you know I think we had over 50 percent possession and that's you know that's something that we're not you know used to and that's not necessarily our style um but I think that, you know, if you look at the first half, yeah, they sat back and we, we had a good amount of chances. We just, unfortunately, we didn't finish our chances, you know, last night. Where, whereas in the first five games, you know, we scored 15 goals where that's helping us win games. So, uh, unfortunately, we just weren't able to, you know, be dynamic enough to score that first goal. Because I think if we were able to go up 1-0, you know, I think they might have to change the way they play. And that might open up things even more for us. So it was a race to that first goal, and unfortunately, we we weren't able to get it. Speaking of first goals, you did have four in Vancouver over those six years, and uh, we've seen a couple of defender goals already. Timmy Parker got the very first goal in club history. Kyle Hebert got yeah. one in Portland just a couple of games later. How long are we going to have to wait for the first Jake Nowinski goal <laughs> in City Red? Uh, I think I'm due, right? i got to be due, due soon. Hopefully You're due. I'm up next. <laughs> I've got a goal in a couple years. Yeah, you know, I... I like that. Let's let's say I'm up next. There you oh. go. That's Seattle. Let's call it right now. <laughs> Seattle. Yeah, exactly. The guy's Early been call. to Seattle, what, six times, seven times? So you won't be intimidated. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, a laser from 30 yards to start the scoring against Seattle. Ooh. All right. I like that. I, I was thinking more of probably like a knee ball inside of like the tick. <laughs> but yeah, I'll take that. Well, see, it doesn't right? matter. It's a tick. It's a tick. It doesn't matter yeah. how it goes yeah, in. Exactly. <laughs> well, what I love about it, too, now is the idea that maybe the ball falls to Jake. He's 30 yards out. He's got a little space. And in the back of his head, he's like, you know, Nate and Jen said I should just let it rip. Let's try it. I will, maybe rem- it was fake. I will, I will remember this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just give us and the. If it goes horribly wrong, I can just blame you. Guys. Exactly. That's exactly right. In the post game, if they say Jake, or if Brad says, 
is Jake. What were you thinking? You can just say, ah, oh, Nate and Jan thought it was a good idea. Uh, yeah, if it goes out for a throw in, I'll, I'll, yeah, that's, that's what I'll go with. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Hey, Jake, thanks for your time. We look forward to training this week and can't wait to see you on Apple TV uh, on Saturday. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Jake Dewitsky with us, defender, a stalwart defender for St. Louis City. Up next, we will take a break and then we get some laws of the game and we have a lot of them to talk about. You're listening to the St. Louis Soccer Report on KMOX. Now, back to the St. Louis City Soccer Report on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Oh, here we go. This is the favorite part for him of this show. Laws of the game. I mean, seriously. (laughs) George is probably in the shower, like, humming this to himself. He loves it. And the worst part is when he gets a text or he gets a tweet that's like, that's so cool. I'm like, stop doing that. Stop I told doing I that. told a friend of ours, no call-ins today. He's the only one that's going to call in and we don't want to talk <laughs> to him. Hi, Jim. Hi, Jim. You know you're listening. He's probably got questions because I've got questions. Let's I'm go. sure you have questions, Nate. Um, so I just want to say, you know, when I pulled out, you know, we at 23 minutes in, we've got the ref going over to the scrum in the corner kick box, just kind of. Mm-hmm. Having a little conversation, maybe letting them know to behave. Is that what we're doing? We're walking over and chatting with them and pointing at the AR? Yeah, so often. So this is a great thing for fans, right, is to, to watch on corner kicks. Everybody likes to watch the kicker. Or, but watch what's going on in front of the goal. That's where everything's happening. And if the referee doesn't manage it the right way, it can really get stupid. And so last night, John had to go in. John Freeman was a referee. Mm-hmm. Um, he had to go in and he had to manage several times. And at one point, you can see it on the in, in television that um, he's, he, he points to the assistant referee. He's telling the, the guys, she's watching you. That was Megan. I don't remember Megan's last name. I'm sorry, Megan. But um, she's watching you or the assistant referee is watching you here. And, and she so, was on it. Sometimes it gets to the point where they'll say, look, if you guys keep this up, we're going out or we're going in. And in is a penalty. And then typically, you know, what, I, what we used to try to do was to say, okay, go out first no matter what unless it's really, really clear. And then the next time you tell them, the next one's on the spot. Yeah. And this is the kind of game sort of that I had been waiting for because we hadn't had a lot of controversial um, high-stakes officiating decisions, in part because the last couple of games there weren't that many. No individual decision is that high-stakes regardless when the game ends up 4-0, 3-0. It could have been very controversial. It's not going right. to impact the outcome. This game, there were a couple of penalties that were penalties that weren't. Could you walk me through, you know, some of those the decisions and and sort of how you saw it shaking out? Yeah. So for me, there were there were two for Minnesota. One uh, neither given. No, one given, one not given. So the first one that was not given, um, actually two in a row that were not given. Um, that uh, the player it was in the penalty area. It was top of the penalty area. Um, the player who received the ball. Uh, he went down soft, right? I mean, he, there's there's clear contact, but he's almost on his way down as the as the player defenders challenge him or as the ball's coming to him. Um, it, that's not going to happen, right? And so the same player a few minutes later, uh, he goes and he receives a ball, and he does get knocked, and he does actually, there's a little bit of a shirt pull there, but I think the shirt pull is incidental. I don't think that's worth going back for a penalty for. It's really soft. And for me, you can see that that's the right decision because literally after that second one, um, he goes to his knees again right at the top of the box, and and he's clearly then showing everybody, I'm trying to draw a penalty. <laughs> and and so for me, John did a really great job. The next one was the one that was given as a penalty, right? And so 
Um, I've heard a lot of things about it's it's weak. It's not, you know, it's really late and she sh- he shouldn't have called it and things like that. Well, it's a really clear foul. Um, it's really unfortunate. It was a late tackle. That doesn't mean you don't call it. The ball's gone, which actually makes it worse. Because um, it wasn't needed uh, it, you, you know, for all the, the hustle yeah. that, that, that we had, which is fantastic. It really like Nerwinski and Berkey had it under control. It they wasn't did. needed. They did. And it, it, that's, I mean, not needed doesn't go into the referee's decision. Sure. But this is a very clear foul in the penalty area and is a penalty kick. It is what it is. So um, the third one then is the one with Klaus for us, right? And that's the one I think people are most up in arms are. And this is the one we don't agree on, Jen. I just, you know... That foot was up pretty high, dude. Yeah, so so here's what the story is here. This, this could be a penalty. No question. Klaus gets kicked. He gets kicked in the face. Okay. You said six of one, well, half dozen of the other. We'll get there. That's, is that a real referee call? It, it, we'll <laughs> get there. We'll get there. So he, he gets kicked in the face, right? But the, the foot or the knee or the shin or whatever he got hit by there um, is only waist high. Klaus puts his head into that play waist high, okay? So the referee has three decisions to make. He can give a penalty, okay, nice and clean. It's fine. Everybody will buy it. He can go out with an indirect free free kick because it's dangerous play. Klaus put his head in a dangerous position. That's a legit call too. Or do nothing. John chose to do nothing. For me, that was probably the best decision. So I I think that's... A defensible position. I think if I had been in John's position, Says I probably. I th- I think <laughs> if I had been in John's position, I probably would have opted for nothing. I mean, there's no chance in that stadium at that time in the game. I'm giving an indirect. I'm calling anything on Klaus. I'm just not going to do that. That John probably has much greater, you know, intestinal fortitude than I do from his years of experience <laughs> officiating. I have no interest in calling a foul He's on also Klaus. Completely there. neutral. Yes, right. But I, I'm saying I have no interest in in in. Being the one in front of 22,500 people or whatever it is to say, yeah, you fouled his foot with your face. I just don't want to do that. Yeah. But I don't. So what I want to ask you, because intuitively I feel like I know the answer to this. If that same play had happened, let's say, 25 yards out from goal. So still in a dangerous position in the attacking third, a, a circumstance where Minnesota would not be neutral about giving up a free kick, right? It's not like it's in the center circle. They're not going to enjoy the idea of Leuven over a free kick 25 yards out, but it's not a penalty. Do you think John gives a foul? I I, I don't think he does. Okay. I, I don't. I don't think he does. I think I, and it's possible, right? We, and you can look at that and say, well, he might have and this and that. That's speculation. Um, but I, I don't think he does in that case. I think this is pretty clear. When you watch the replay, and we've watched it several times over and over this morning, trying to just see what's going on in the game, um, it, he puts his head down and it's waist high. I mean, you're you're putting yourself in a dangerous position. I, I did a game... Um, and I don't know if Taylor Twelman knows that I was on the line for this game, but it, Taylor Taylor uh, went in. It was in Los Angeles. Taylor went in for a diving header. The ball was served from right in front of me. Taylor dives in, and Taylor's head, when he headed the ball, was only probably two feet off the ground. The defender, Danny Califf, who's playing for Los Angeles, doesn't see Taylor. He turns with his back away from the ball and tries to clear it and catches Taylor in the head. And Taylor's face was crushed, right? That's one of the big injuries that Taylor had and concussions. Um, It was really, really ugly, but we gave an indirect free kick coming out. The fall was on Taylor. And so um, it's unfortunate. I mean, he was really bad. He got into the hospital, uh, face reconstruction, those types of things. But the foul ended up on him. So that's... It's kind of what goes into the play. That can't be an easy thing to do, though, when, when, that, when that happens, right? And, and the people, when you are the ones being fouled, 
and then to have to sit there and point the flag in the opposite direction. It's really hard, really, really hard, especially because of who Taylor was as a player, how and well it's he's high known, emotion. high emotion, high, high. Um, those kinds of things. So let me, let's walk through the Klaus situation again, and let's imagine a circumstance then where he doesn't create a dangerous situation by lowering his head. Mm-hmm. Let's say he, he, you know, he goes to play it with his chest or whatever. He's going to he's gonna try to stay upright. And he takes the same kick, and he takes it in the midsection. Mm-hmm. Penalty for you? Uh, possibly. Possibly a penalty. Absolutely. Let's bring the foot even higher, right? That the ball's even higher in the air. Um, now I think you have a real, uh, especially if there's contact, you have a real case for a penalty kick. Yeah, I, I just I think those are the nuances there are interesting because you know it were it doesn't I think where it falls apart intuitively for some people, but it does make sense is that you could imagine the circumstance where the defender does the same exact thing, right? He we could play three or four different iterations of this where the defender does the exact same thing, Klaus does three or four different things, and one of them's a penalty and three of them aren't. So let's differentiate here very clearly too that that the the foot high or the head down is dangerous play, right? It's indirect free kick. In and of themselves, they're dangerous. In and of itself, it could be a dangerous play. Just because you kick high does not make it a dangerous play. Um, the difference is where, and we tell this to young referees um, who don't understand the difference between a direct kick fall and an indirect kick free, uh, free kick. Um, if there's contact between the foot and the player, it is now a direct kick and it's a penalty. If there's no contact, it can still be dangerous play, but then it's an indirect free kick, whether it's going in or out. Okay, so that's the difference there is the contact, not the position of the head, not the position of the foot or knee or whatever. It's whether or not there's contact as to whether it's dangerous play or it's a a direct free kick and a penalty. Okay, that's interesting. And I think... I think one of the reasons that the people get hung up on this because of, you know, in, there definitely is the reputation in soccer, as we were talking about with the, the corner stuff, right? Mm-hmm. That, that the way things have to be officiated almost just because this is how it is, the way things are officiated in the penalty area is a little bit different than the way they would be officiated in the midfield. But this is a good example because I think that sounds like a pretty objective rule that you're just applying. You're, you're just applying it. And, and look, I can't sit here honestly and say you, you always call the same thing in the penalty area and outside the penalty area. And I know you're supposed to, but the reality is it just doesn't happen. Um, you try to be as consistent as possible. Um, but, but that's the case, and this is a great example of that. With that in mind, whether it's a penalty or something else, how aware were you as an official of the stage of the game that we're at, the Always. magnitude of the game, the, you know, and, and that has to come into play. For instance, you know, I'm imagining if a foul is borderline, but you know it would be a second yellow for a player with 30 minutes to go in a playoff game, you know, and like that's Always. you're going to be a little more hesitant, right? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. We talked about that last week. You want to finish with 22 players on the field if they give you the chance to do that. Yeah. Well, I think we should keep George for uh, one more segment. I think we should. We probably don't need to play the the music again though, do we? No, we I think I think again, I think you get that once <laughs> a week. I think that's the maximum. I'm good. Uh, but that's we should keep you, you for for one more segment because I want to talk a little bit about refereeing in the youth games, how people can get involved and how they can be responsible fans and parents as well. We will step aside news coming up. Back with more in our second hour when we return on KMOX. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.